Hello and welcome to this fifth episode of When the Heart Leads. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg, and I am ecstatic to be here with you all today. The title of this episode is The Boundless Self, and I'm going to invite you to settle in. Maybe you'll end up taking this episode in sections because I can feel that the transmission today is longer than normal. And the guidance I received was to just let it take as long as it needs to take. And that's actually really powerful guidance for this time right now. We are in a time of major confluence where all that is deeply true is rising up. The word that keeps coming to me is an upwelling, an upwelling from our deepest being into conscious awareness into manifestation and at the same time a powerful scouring almost of everything that has not um, is no longer um, true for us is uh, no longer part of our most authentic conscious awareness and so it's a it's a it can feel like a time of conflicting energies although it's all um, a powerful confluence and it's all moving in the right direction. And so uh, quick guidance that's just coming through before we jump into this episode is that uh, if it feels as though things are coming up that are really uncomfortable or uh, difficult, it it does not mean that you're doing something wrong. This is part of a very, very natural process, very natural process. And um, also this guidance to just let things take as long as they need to take and tend to yourself in that moment, in that time, in every moment of it. So um, that's kind of our guiding light for this podcast episode, which is, I believe, going to take us on a winding um, journey through a number of different, um, a number of different experiences that all bring us into this conscious holding of our authentic, boundless self that is emerging now. So uh, just you can just sit back and let the words wash over you. They will work on many different levels for you as you listen. So, so the boundless self, let's begin where actually this podcast began, which was back at the um, in- infinity portal, the 8-8 portal, when I brought kind of a summoning of a naming of those of us who are coming down from the mountain. And um, when we come down from the mountain, we have this strong sense, this deep knowing of who we are in truth. But in some, t- in some ways, we feel it as, as an abstract thing. All right, and I talked about in that episode how we, how we haven't yet been fully tested by the world in it. And so as we interact with the world, again, from that place of deep truth, we begin to take shape. The contours of our being begin to emerge around us. And so um, as the deep heart dreams we carry, it, there's this all-chemical process where the deep heart dreams we carry begin to interact with the world itself and infuse the world around us. And then we, our, our deepest self is brought into fruition. And that self, that state of being is the first understanding of the larger manifestation 
of your deepest heart dream. It's the self that emerges, which is happening now, this boundless self, as we'll come back to. And so um, this fruition, this word fruition has been very powerful this past week. Um, it's come up a lot. And I've actually been moving into the space of kind of a, in my inner meditations, in my inner terrain, I've been, I've been brought into these orchards and I can feel um, like the dream, the heart dream quickening, right? As I'm surrounded by these orchards that are fruiting, full of fruit, it's this time of harvest right now, this time of full fruition. Um, as I'm recording this in, you know, early, early September, when we turn toward that which has been growing and growing and we begin to harvest it and taste it and feel it in our bodies um, and be nourished by it. And there's this feeling I've been feeling within this orchard, almost a, a sorrow or a un, um, a wariness around trusting the actual fruition because how often, right, how often have we felt a sense of disappointment or mistrust or even exhaustion around the things that we have tried to bring into being that perhaps came to nothing, that dissolved. And so is it possible then to trust this fruition that's happening? And there's a deep, deep yes here, right? There's a deep yes that's calling forward, upwelling from um, this sense of knowing that this, because it's, it is the fruition of our most authentic self, it, it can never be dissolved or taken away. And so that yes is the thing we're going to learn how to trust throughout this transmission. And this is a time of purposeful quickening energies where our deepest heart dream is receiving all of the space and sunlight and water and nourishment that it needs. And so the dream, this dream of yourself is essential. And that's also part of the larger teaching here, that this dream that you are becoming is essential. It is a dream of the earth herself. So we come as this single point of consciousness and we come to earth as this manifested weaver of the dream. And so whatever it is that's in our heart to come to fruition, whatever it is we're becoming now, whatever it is that we're bringing into the world, it's, Im it's important to know that it's completely unique and completely essential and could not come into being without our presence here on earth. Okay. So who is this self? Who is this divine weaver of reality? Who is this point of consciousness that has come to earth to grow around us, this orchard, this fruition, this, this world of being? Who is this self? Um, and so we know that this dream, this manifestation begins with the true self, this first light, this divine self. And this is the one unbound entirely from the conditioning of the world. So how then, as we, as we know that there's a part of us, the part of us that's emerging is unbound from the conditioning of the world, yet there's a part of us that still must live within it, at least for now, right? At least for now. And so how can we move fluidly within and through these structures, these structures of the world that exist? 
the conditionings that still exist, and how can we move fluidly within them and through these structures without feeling bound or obligated or put upon or constricted. All right, so this type of freedom, this type of boundlessness I'm, I'm talking about, um, it, it expresses differently for every person. And it is the emanation of your first light, of your true self. And once you glimpse this self, once you ask for it, once you reach for it, you are activated immediately. Everything in your life is mobilized toward this dawning, this arising of the true self that arises within you and finally becomes you. It irradiates every part of your existence until it just is you, this highest boundless self. And so in a lot of ways, this episode is about that activation, right? Many of us have already been activated within this, in, in which case this episode is an acceleration of that, an articulation of that, a deep knowing of that. And some of us who haven't maybe thought about it before or are just beginning to think about it. This episode is going to be that catalytic activation of you coming to terms with embodying, embracing, meeting face to face that boundless self that wants to arise now. So we can begin opening to the workings of this highest self. And we tap into that part of us that knows, that knows what this is, knows who this is. And then that part can begin to guide, is the guiding wisdom of our movements in our lives. That's the part that we begin to trust above all else, above the voices of the world, above the conditioning that's been placed upon us. Once we tap into it, it becomes our guiding voice. So, even if you're not certain what form this self will take, could take, and many of us aren't um, yet, and again, it's an unfolding, it's a becoming, so um, that openness, that uncertainty is actually the invitation for it to begin to arise, right? Part of you does, though, even if you don't know exactly the form, there's a part of you, that deep center, heart-centered part of you knows the essence of it, the essence of this boundless self, this true self, right? So once we tap into that, which is the activation of this podcast episode, that aspect will dawn by degrees and it will clear the parts of you that aren't truly you and will begin to go to work in your life. Right? And that's in some ways the confluence we're talking about here. It's a lot of that clearing that's happening at the same time that the true self is arising. Right? So that, that, that what feels like um, conflict, right? It's, it's actually the arising of something very powerful. And so these clearings can sometimes be painful, sometimes bewildering, right? And then when you lose aspect after aspect of yourself that you thought was you, it can, it can be very disorienting, right? But at the same time, you're going to feel a freedom arising within it, right? Even within the letting go, there's a dawning of deeper, wider, vastness and freedom. So I want to offer something that I wrote um, 
that I wrote in my memoir, and it was this moment actually perfectly captures this moment of um, both meeting that activating essence of the higher boundless self and at the same time releasing, as you'll see, I called it the, the self that had been woven to meet, to interact with the world, this world of conditioning, right? This world that, um, that has been constructed, many of these structures that have been constructed from a place that's not of the first light of the highest self. And so um, I'm going to read a, a slightly longer excerpt from my memoir simply because it it captures so perfectly this moment of arising that's happening now. And I want to mention that I didn't understand when I met this higher self, when I met her, when she began activating within me, um, I didn't fully understand her. And I didn't fully understand what was happening. But there was a part of me that simply knew, and that's the heart-based recognition, the heart that recognized her rose up and welcomed her, right? And so as I move into this excerpt, I want to give you slight context, just a little bit of context. This was a, um, a journey, a meditation journey that was guided by um, someone I really respect and admire. Her name's Ellen Elena. And she taps into that, um, that part of self that has known a different world, the world before what we call, in last episode, we talked all about the fall, Right? And she taps into that part of us that knows that perfect unity and also the process to reach it again. So she is a, a shamanic healer and she brought, as this meditation, as I was being guided, I came into, just to create some context, deep, deep woods in the deep winter, the deep cold. Right, so coming into that place of quiet of because we know that the snow there's snow as I walked into this place and the snow is a quiet a quieting phenomenon of all things and so I come in as we as we enter into this excerpt I have entered the this tent made of hide in the far north in the deep winter and there was what she called the reindeer elder who um is an, is an aspect of self who has been here from the beginning of Earth and knows the whole, um, the movement of the Earth's trajectory. And so to come back, though, there was a ceremony there in the tent where my higher self, my boundless self, was waiting for me. And, and a beautiful ceremony of meeting her and in that meeting releasing all that was not. So I'm going to take a moment to read this excerpt so that you can sink into this knowing, this activation, and understand as well the process, um, one way of conceiving of this process of coming face to face with that self that wants to emerge now. And so in the reindeer tent, from Finding Home, A Mystical Memoir, my book. The figure, I recognize it, but just barely. The elder's silence pushes me to admit what I do not want to see. This, I understand, is the self I have, the self I have woven to survive in the world. The mask I have worn, grotesque and bent, 
stunted as though forced into a spine, a body that is too small, its face distorted in a travesty of a smile, a pleasing smile, a please-don't-hurt-me smile. In the flickering firelight, the smile reveals itself as a grimace. I behold this husk of a human, and I am overcome. Pity, revulsion, nausea, deep love and horror war within me like flames. I look beseechingly at the elder, and she nods, a small smile playing at the corners of her mouth. I recognize this smile. This is the one Mother Mary beamed at me as I slipped so long ago into the darkness. It's okay, says the smile. It's time. Tenderly, with my silent will, I invite the aspect across from me to go. It slips then into the fire, this stunted, terrifying, unholy me. Before I can feel remorse, I see rising on wings of smoke as it transforms into a dove. Wings spread toward the light. I let her go. Let her go. Let her go. In the deep stillness of her departure, another figure appeared, sitting in the same place opposite across the fire. Long black tresses fall straight and thick down her back, and a crown, a finely wrought circlet of gold, shines from the inky darkness of her hair. Her legs are crossed, glowing limbs shining with the light gold tracery of ancient encodings. Her arms are crossed in an eagle, po in an eagle pose over her chest and face, which remain in shadow. I am struck by the size of her. She seems larger than the tent in which we sit. She is an Amazon woman, and I can sense her complete unconcern at the amount of space she occupies. I feel she is so large that she could only be held, only be at home in the limitless space of the cosmos. This woman is ready to stretch her arms, her legs, and when she does, I sense that structures will fall at her feet like crumbling sandcastles, like toy houses. As I offer the dying light of my woven self to the fire, I feel chains falling away from my neck and shoulders. I see these chains, thick, heavy ropes of dark iron breaking, falling away from a figure that rises from the flames. My higher self uncurls her arms then, revealing her face and the shining golden merkaba of her heart. She drapes her arms over the back of the bench behind her and leans back, a lazy, confident smile baring her teeth. I meet her eyes. And suddenly, I see why the chains on this one had to be so heavy. The being in front of me is completely free. 
She is unbound by rules, contracts, laws, and impositions of any kind, completely unfettered by shoulds and supposed tos. She is entirely amoral, living only by the law of her own pulsing heart. Completely and utterly without shame, she lives in the fineness and luxury of joy and pleasure at her being. She traverses darkness and light undaunted. She meets both pain and pleasure without flinching. She is truly a queen, a purring, luxurious, sumptuous queen who anoints her beautiful body with the purest oils, drapes herself in the finest linen and silks, and partakes of the most exotic and refined offerings of the earth. She revels in comfort and luxury, and yet is never gluttonous, crass, or lazy. She possesses a natural discipline, enjoying comfort, but not hiding herself within it. She immerses herself in the pleasures of her senses, not as an escape, but as an ecstatic prayer of love, her beautiful body, and unrestrained nature. She is truly a wild being, beautiful, graceful, and untamable. She lives unconditionally, tossing her proud head and leaving the moment someone approaches her with a rope or tether. She says yes, and then in the next moment says no. She is impossible to understand. She follows no laws but her own. She cannot be understood, simply be held, as one would marvel at the wild majesty of a mountain or a galloping horse. Many have sought to possess her, but none have succeeded. The only ones she can be with are those as wild, as joyful as she. She is unpredictable and yet utterly trustworthy. She will not say yes unless it resonates with that undeniable spinning merkaba of her heart. Because of this, she carries no resentment, no grievances, nor grudges. She sees that you are also free and she holds none of your choices against you. She simply decides if you and your choices have any place within her life. If they do not, she dances away spinning from you like a dervish, like a breeze. Do not ask her of plans. She is held like a jewel in the velvet embrace of the universe. Where she places her perfect, elegant foot, she is held by the will of the cosmos. Each move she makes is in perfect synchronicity with the totality. When you ask her of plans, she bears her teeth. This question is like approaching her with one of those chains. She dances away, the question meaningless. Plans do not ring true in the infinite wings of the present moment. She cannot peer into the future because there is none. There is only the golden delight of right now. She knows in that unfathomable way of knowing that every present moment will hold and care for her, bringing her all that she needs she does not strategize to make the cosmos do her bidding or to store up safety and security in case of lack in the future. Such ideas are arisings of the mind and foreign to her. Strategy is not a mechanism of the heart. 
Scarcity is not a rule of the heart, and she lives only there, within that unfettered light of that infinite cosmic heart. Most will not understand her. Cries of selfish, arrogant, irresponsible, vain will follow her wherever she walks, but these simply echo through nothingness, as if yelled to a mountain. She is a force of nature, vast and lawless and free. And yet, I can see shining in her eyes the force of pure love. This love, however, is not always the one that people would recognize or choose. It is a pitiless love, one that strips away pretense and falseness, one that exposes the darkness, the attachments we hold, the tiny needs that we cling to. She does not court the ego, soothe insecurities, or prop up shells of identity. She summons instead the vast power she sees within, the limitless divinity that shines in your own sacred heart. She is impatient with anything less. And yet, she is not cruel. She possesses in her vast wisdom a corresponding unerring instinct for the readiness of others. She meets you in the space of your own ascension, neither hurrying you along nor holding you back. She is limitless, and yet she understands every tear of reality. But even as she meets you, there will always be something within her, something about her that seems to beckon you on and on toward the unknown. You catch the scent of the brilliant, unfathomable mystery that she has penetrated and surrendered to, and it moves you into acts of courage you hadn't known you were capable of. There is something she knows and she offers this to you without bounds. I'm going to pause there. There's more to this passage. The merging that happens the merging that happens naturally when you meet this self, this higher self. The merging that happens consciously and then dawns again and again in degrees. When we come back to the teaching of this, this boundless self, Know that this, you have this too, within you. This self can be unexpected. When I first met her, I was amazed. She was nothing, not at all what I had thought my higher self would be, feel, or look like. It can sometimes be a little frightening to meet this aspect of yourself because of that pitiless love that they embody, that they bring to you. The 
relentless scouring of all things that would hold you back from true freedom. But you can trust it, again, knowing, as she knew, all of the degrees of reality within me and how to address them and also beckon and also beckon and also beckon beyond those fears, those conditionings, those thought forms that would be ultimately constricting that wouldn't allow this orchard to blossom around you fully. So I want to offer as well something, just to pivot a moment, because there was something really powerful in this excerpt as well that I want to lift up, which is that um, you can see how this self, which is fully unfettered and fully free, fully empowered, you, it could be easy for this to be co-opted and, 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 and used as a form of manipulation because how can we know the difference between freedom and manipulation? Because both of these can wreak some havoc in the status quo. And when we look at this self, this higher self, who really is not bound by the expectations and opinions of others, right? We can see that there could easily be an expression of that that is destructive and cruel and not loving. And so when we look around us in the world, when we're feeling around us in the world, how can we feel the difference between those who are truly free and those who are acting from a place of cruelty and manipulation, because both seem to emanate this, I don't care what you think of me, right? And um, it's very, it, it's gonna be an important tool for us to know the difference. And often the knowing of the difference is by stepping into it more and more yourself, which is what's activating now. But it's, it's really, really important to know to really know that as we step into this free, boundless aspect of self, we will receive backlash from those who are threatened by us. Right? Sometimes we will hurt people and disappoint people. Sometimes we'll step on toes. And this is actually, um, was brought really clear to me, uh, again, by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, who is... I, I brought him up in the in our episode on um, soul healing, and he, it, when people ask like how can I, um, how can I make sure that I I move through the world in a way that doesn't hurt anyone, and he said, um, well the only way to do that is to just not exist, <laughs> and somehow that gave me a sense of peace knowing that as we move through the world no matter what. There are going to be times where we do hurt people. And the more we try to bend over backwards to make sure that never happens, um, that was the, um, the, the, the people-pleasing, the please-don't-hurt-me smile, the, the woven self that I had, I had created, that mask I had created was one that never, ever, ever wanted to hurt people and so um, never in some ways stood up for the things that truly mattered because it was so afraid of the backlash or of the... Um, 
the way it could disappoint people. And so there was, I have actually a story of um, hurting people that happened this week and um, how different they felt because one emerged from my deepest self and one was a moment of um, just thoughtlessness. And the, I, I ended up, I ended up backing out of an agreement that I had had and it was, I understood the moment I understood it, I made the phone call and it was a difficult conversation and it ended up being a a huge upheaval um, in these plans that we had been creating. And I, I actually lost a friend over it. And this is some of the, um, some of the releasing, right. That we're talking about that will happen. And I, and I, and I knew that I had a choice there. I could have gone along with the plan, even though my deepest soul integrity was saying, this is not the right plan. Maybe at the time when you said, yes, it felt right. But now things have shifted so much. It is not right. And you need the moment, you know, this, you need to step forward and say it. And I did. And I was at peace with that outcome because I knew that the, the decision, the choice, the conversation emerged from my deepest integrity. And, and there was also a moment this week where I made a tactless comment. It was unthinking and it hurt someone. It hurt someone I cared about. And I saw the strange thing, um, which was that the, the tactless comment actually hurt me more. Um, like the, the, seeing the pain it caused and, and, and the, that actually hurt me more to witness than the, the actual loss of this plan and this friendship and all of these things. Um, because the tactless comment did not come from my deepest, deepest integrity. And so it was strange to watch like on a level of magnitude, how you could, how you could say that that disruption of those huge plans was a larger magnitude. And yet the, um, this small thing, this small moment actually pierced me deeper than that choice to say no, um, that was in alignment. And so, um, Last episode, we talked a lot about integrity and the difference between integrity and reliability. And this self, this this empowered self is living fully in the moment and will make those choices, say yes, say no, based on what is true in the moment and accepts fully the consequences, the fallout from that. And learn to trust the consequences that emerge from this honesty. So I want to mention one more excerpt as we're moving through here. And this is really to bring a lot of what we talked about in the last episode Um, to put a point on it, because in some ways, this empowered self, this free self is also this self living in full integrity, in full communion with the totality in every present moment. And there's one more excerpt I want to bring forward, because often times this embodying of this self, the reason it can look so frightening when you first meet them is that they are so free and they are so unfettered. And you know that as they dawn within you, as they arise within you, as they become the guiding light of your existence, 
they are going to create, be within situations that um, challenge others deeply, deeply, because they don't play by the rules. This self, this empowered self doesn't play by the rules that have been set forward so often by others. These rules of accommodation, of compliance, of intimidation of living by the expectations of others of living within a hierarchy none of that exists in this boundless self and so it will again and again come up against these rules but not in a place as we talked about um, again in that episode on soul healing this isn't a place of resistance it's a place of deep knowing of truth and of presence within your own most powerful integrity and the way to stand within that and to trust it is to know within this moment, exactly what is right for you. And so I'm going to bring forward um, one more excerpt, and this is from my first book, The New Eden Paradise Retold. And this is from The Teachings of Integrity. So that book, there are um, seven, what I call seven frequencies of the New Eden, and there's a teaching and a shamanic journey that allow you to embody these frequencies. And one of those frequencies is the embodiment, the frequency, the vibration of deep integrity. There's a, a lot of wind happening around here. So there's like shifting and I can feel the wind and the door is slamming. And it's just kind of like, it's like energies are coming and going right now. So we're in a confluence. So if you hear all that stuff in the background, it's just, don't worry. It's just the divine workings of my uh, environment right now, <laughs> bringing, uh, bringing in and bringing out energies and um, providing confirmation. So um, I'm going to move quickly into this excerpt, um, just a, a quick part of these teachings of integrity just so that you can begin to feel um, a, a peace with the conflict that begins to arise that inevitably will arise in some ways as this deep boundless self who doesn't play by the rules begins to dawn and begins to become the only guiding light of your being as you move in the world. And so this excerpt, Teachings of Integrity, it says, Integrity will not ensure an outcome. It does not bargain, it does not amass credit, and it does not have memory. It can be accessed only now. It concerns itself only with what is immediately in front of you. This choice may be different tomorrow, but integrity doesn't think about tomorrow. Tomorrow is only a figment, and integrity is concerned only with, with what is real, what is now. In integrity, you return again and again and again to the depths of you, that still and quiet space abiding beneath thought, beneath words, beneath reason. It resides as a deep well of your being. With it, you draw each choice, each word, like a brimming bucket from all that is. You drink of it, you drink of its truth, and you willingly behold that which is brought up from the depths of the inner well of your being. How can you, a being so complex, ever come into alignment? Won't there always be war, conflict, doubt? No, but only integrity can do this. It is the ringing bell that brings all into harmony. It rises upward on the it rises 
upward on the turn of your being, transcending the clamor and cacophony, the doubt and the questions. It is the voice of your heart whispering you always into completion. So, we are being prepared. We are being prepared to fully welcome, to invite in this boundless self, this one that is held like a jewel in the cosmos, this one that responds impeccably, perfectly, naturally to every arising present moment. This one that does not strategize, this one that does not worry, this one that does not fear, because this one knows that in every present moment the answers arise, always, inevitably, the perfect and the true answers of your being to whatever, to whatever comes. So as the dream of your true self emerges, within and through your life, becomes your life, something magical happens. As you live more and more this dream, as the true self dawns fully within you, you step fully into the boundlessness you have been seeking. And there arises a paradox because you become complete. Your complete self, this complete self, this divine self is the boundless offering of your being. And in many ways, I believe this is the fullest expression of this confluence that we're sitting within. Because what we receive then is completion and boundlessness all at once. The final landing of our knowing, the final emanation, the final recognition, the final full welcome of our deepest, most boundless, most free, most divine self. The the one that comes, the highest self that comes and seats itself on the throne of our heart. And so we have this completion. We have this coming to rest. We have this release of tension, this relaxing back into the divine self, knowing that we are held and cared for at all times. And then we are also offered the boundlessness of possibility in front of us the endless fruiting, you could say, of our divine orchard, the endless possibilities that arise because of the full completion of this boundless self, this free self. And so it's this simultaneous coming to rest and at the same time a full opening of limitlessness of limitless possibility. And so we move within that limitlessness, not from a place of hunger 
or seeking or striving or needing to close the gap between who we are and who we want to be. Instead, we simply exist within it as our full potential realized. The freedom of play, the freedom of movement, the freedom of knowing that we are always eternally ourselves and therefore everything around us is simply an experience to be brought in. And that lightness of being begins to take over. That lightness of being that we talked about as we come fully into our completion. As we see that we are, as I talked about in the last episode, fully inherently worthy no matter what. Then our choices become play. Our choices become lightness. We traverse as that one who dawns within. We traverse challenge and ecstasy as one, darkness and light, without flinching. Because we know nothing, nothing, nothing can make a difference to the dawning of our divine selves. So we hold within us this completion and this boundlessness at once. And that becomes the movement, the seat, the throne, the center of our life. That is where our choices emanate from. And no matter what emerges, we know that when we make those choices from that place of deep knowing, deep being, from the seat of our heart, the throne of our heart. We accept the consequences with equanimity, with knowing that it is the divine will emanating from within us. When we step outside, just the littlest bit we know because it's a piercing. It's a piercing of, oh, yeah. That wasn't an emanation of my deepest heart. That was a moment of thoughtlessness. And we can feel it. And it becomes more and more subtle, more and more attuned, more and more refined. So as we begin to move from this center, as we begin to welcome and claim this boundless self, as we, as we come face to face with them and allow ourselves to be amazed, amazed at the divine power dwelling within us, as we do this, we move through life in a place of certainty, a place of knowing, a place of unassailable confidence. Because we feel this, we answer to this power, this higher power that lives beyond the constructs of this world and beyond everything that we've been taught. We live in the space of this ultimate overrider and this allows us to live in a place of pure connection, communion and compassion. Because in here there's no defense, there's no fear, there's no worry, and there's no need to defend or stand up for or prove who you are in truth. It's a deep, deep rest, as well as a powerful activation. And so we are in this moment of confluence now. We are in this moment of arising freedom now so allow that to upwell within you to become you as you and as you do suddenly a lot of the things that felt scary or were looming a lot of the things that felt intractable begin to dissolve. And a lot of the things that you never ever could have thought 
were possible begin suddenly to be just like that in the orchard. You reach up, you pluck this, you pluck that, you pluck this experience, you pluck that experience, and things that you never thought could be possible, things you never thought you could become, just begin to flow into your orbit as true as possible as I could do that, I could be that, I could try that. Because the boundless self doesn't recognize limit. It only recognizes what is and is not true. <laughs> so, after all my hype of thinking this episode was going to take, oh, so, so long to transmit, we are actually ending um, a little sooner, a little sooner than I realized, than I thought. So the transmission is complete for now. Trust that you have been activated. Trust that you know the presence, the essence of this highest boundless self and allow it to begin to come in. In those moments of quiet, in those moments of stillness, take this time of retreat for yourself to allow it to dawn within you. It is the most ecstatic, breathtaking, powerful experience and one that you have come here to know. It is natural, it, it is as natural as it is inevitable. There is only on your part, the surrender, the softening, the trust, the listening, the deep listening within to allow it. It's all you need to do. Deep listening, surrender and trust to that. The pulse, the deep pulse of your knowing the knowing within you of this highest, purest, most boundless self. Meet me there in that boundlessness and let's play. All right. <laughs> this has been the fifth episode of When the Heart Leads. It's been an absolute joy connect to connect with you across time and space. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Newberg, founder of Books of Eden Publishing, author of a couple of books. If you're interested in any of that, you can go to my website, www.booksofeden.com. From my heart to yours. Until next time, beloved. <laughs>